Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codenamed Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're looking at 16 years of DC animated movies to see which stories are sweet and which ones are sour on yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Marite. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Scott Menville, who voices Robin in this film, appeared in Sonic Christmas Blast. Um, what was his role? I have no idea because Wikipedia and IMDb won't tell me. But he was in the Sonic <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> okay. If I had to guess, if I really had to guess, it had to be, oh man, this is, see, this is a sign. There was, I mean, I'm not actually hating this, but there's a lot of Sonic content out there. I have no idea what random robot things that Robotnik or Eggman would have had in that in that series or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he had, maybe Scott was all of them. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> He is a talented voice actor, so <laughs> he could pull it off. <laughs> and we get a chance to see the full extent of his talent as a voice actor in today's film. Andrew, I did it. I got you to watch not one, <laughs> but two of these things. It's he- it's incredible. <laughs> it, it's a feat no man thought they would achieve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Teen Titans go to the movies, the first ever feature-length film that Teen Titans Go put together. You made people out there give them shit. I know. Oh, well, wait, I guess I can't say that right now. <laughs> sorry, kids, because this is a PG rated film today. <laughs> PG? Really? No, this is one that actually <laughs> the rating actually matches for once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Teen Titans Go to the movies, the first film from the Teen Titans Go series. It is an 84 minute long film, which I did not realize how long it was when I watched it again. Yeah, there's there's some sections I was like, what is? Oh, OK. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is a um, it was directed by the Teen Titans Go showrunners, um, Peter Rita Mikhail and Aaron Horvath. Um, both of whom this is their first time in directorial seat. So this is a cool experience, I would definitely say. Um, again, it was released in 2018. And this is actually the second um, theatrical release film for Warner Brothers Animation slash DC Entertainment that was based on a TV show. Uh, if you had to guess, do you know which is the other one, Andrew? Uh, first Teen Titans Tokyo? <laughs> nope. Uh, it's actually... Uh, a movie that we actually covered on this podcast, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh. <laughs> so Mask of the Phantasm and Teen Titans go to the movie. Yep, same vibes. Yep, same vibes. Yep. <laughs> Just hold it up to the highest of caliber here. Um, so the movie, again, was released in theaters. It had a budget of $10 million and brought in $52 million. 
<laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not like it doesn't look like it's worth $10 million, but that is incredible. Um, and today, the plot of our film is how much Teen Titans Go content can I torture Andrew with before he finally becomes a fan? <laughs> <laughs> or you know, arch nemesis. <laughs> Uh, speaking of arch nemesis, we're going to jump right into the cast list. As we have first up, we have Will Arnett. He um, decides to drop the cowl and become Deathstroke here, or rather Slade Wilson. We can't say um, the D word in, in PG rated films. <laughs> Following up Will Arnett, we have Kristen Bell, who decides to no longer play Anna, but instead play Jade Wilson in our film today. Uh, Eric Baza, another talented voiceover artist. Um, you know, you might have heard his voice in some things like Leonardo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But today he's playing an aquatic person as he is voicing Aquaman today. Uh, before Sing 2, Halsey stepped into the role of Wonder Woman, actually. Uh, there's a fun little joke in there in which she recognizes that we finally got a Wonder Woman film because this is, I think, what was it? Wonder Woman 1 came out 2016, 2017? uh 2017 2017 yeah it sounds right next up you know we've been waiting for this guy to have a feature in a full-length film from quite some time as green lantern john stewart today is voiced by none other than lil yachty (laughs) (laughs) i why not why not (laughs) why not (laughs) if we're gonna get why not it's it's the only theatrical movie with John Stewart's Greenland in any way. Why not let it be little? Yeah. Next up, um, you know, when he's not lying down on the award floor show, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is voicing Batman (laughs) in this movie here today. We got Nicolas Cage who lives as Superman. Uh, Michael Bolton's a tiger. That's just it. He is. That's the name of his character. Tiger. Uh, Will Wheaton is the flash. And then we have our main Teen Titans cast. I will not try to do the rap again. If you want to hear the rap, you might as well just head on over to our Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go episode. Um, but we have uh, Scott Menville as Robin, Carrie Payne as Cyborg, Greg Sipes as Beast Boy, Hinden Walsh as Starfire, and Tara Strong as Raven. And they wrap up the cast along with our favorite person of all time, Stan Lee who is doing another speaking cameo, this time in his first DC film. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him crossing over the universes. <laughs> and technically, if he's a watcher, he's technically had the first modern mod- and Marvel DC movie crossover. That is true. Look at that. And, you know, I was going to say we needed him for the Amalgamverse movie that we ever, <laughs> if we ever get it. But uh, I guess we'll get Deadpool for that. So now that our cast list is set, we already know everything that's about this movie. It's time to see if it's sweet or sour. Uh, But first, we have to, you know, I guess let out a fart joke before we head on over to the boob tube to hit the gas on Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Get used to it. The whole movie's this. Um, (laughs) So we have a balloon monster attacking Jump City. Honestly, not even in the top 10 worst things to happen to Jump City. <laughs> Please see Teen Titans go versus Teen Titans. <laughs> and, you know, the balloon monster is stealing a safe like he's a Fast and Furious character. And despite all the bullets the police are shooting, they cannot penetrate his elastic outer shell. So it's only up to one team, the Guardians of the Gal... Oh, no. No, uh, they're actually 
the Teen Titans who are insulted by the joke. Yes, put some respect on the not Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now this leads into our first big moment of the film. Um, you know, it's a all-out brawl. They are able to at least take down the balloon monster a little bit, but it does lead into them trying to make sure that everybody knows who they are. And this big moment is when Cyborg pulls out the cassette tape and drops the most fire song of our generation, <laughs> Teen Titans Go. You know, it does it does measure up to the, the classic Puffy Ami Yumi Teen mm. Titans uh, <laughs> series song theme. Um, and yeah, it's a bop. You gotta admit, it's a bop. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the bop, the villain wins. <laughs> <laughs> He's just destroying the city. And it takes the in, the sudden appearance of the Justice League to uh, take out the Balloon Man, specifically John Stewart, Superman, and Wonder Woman show up um, to talk to let the Titans know they're kind of goofballs. Also, they're going to a movie premiere tonight, which leads to one of my favorite jokes of the movie: John Stewart saying, "Green Lantern had a movie, but we don't talk about it." <laughs> We don't talk about Hal Jordan, no, no. (laughs) So now that they are ready to, um, you know, they've saved the day or rather save room for dessert. That is an actual line in the film. Um, (laughs) They head on over to the movie premiere for Batman again. I I, I just love the little little jokes and the, the jabs that they do. Superman also says, somebody save me, which that has to be a Smallville reference, right? It is definitely a Smallville. (laughs) Uh, So that's already a sign of what you're going to expect in this film. It's just a lot of Easter eggs and pointing fun at the fact of how many different continuities of DC entertainment there is out there. Uh, So now that we're at the movie premiere, um, we get a chance to see a bunch of the Justice League members, a bunch of DC heroes coming in. Um, Batman comes through, Flash is taken, using this opportunity to photobomb pictures, and the Atom also makes his appearance for a split second because, um, well, let's just say that Robin just did not see where he was going, and um, he may have killed a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) He comes back later. He's fine. (laughs) So now that the Teen Titans are at the movie premiere, they're getting ready to walk on the red carpet, but unfortunately... Uh, the security guard is not allowing them in because they don't know who the Teen Titans are. They're getting ready to play their song again, but a more important set of superheroes make their appearance. The challengers of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Who are these guys? These more, I was like, this is more obscure than Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I don't know who these guys are. They don't know. Uh, so they make it into the theater and now I do love this moment here because as the Teen Titans are freaking out trying to figure out like you know how do we get in Raven points out hold on I can make portals that basically travel to anywhere that we need to be why don't I just do that and it serves as like a way for them to move along the plot point several times throughout the film (laughs) portals (laughs) portals of course yeah so after she banishes the um the challenger of the unknown to the shadow realm. Um, we get to see a couple of movie previews and, you know, the, it's a quick setup of Robin thinks it's going to be his movie, but um, it's something else. And 
as my co-host has pointed out, this is actually reflects reality of the three <laughs> movies that came out before Robin movie. <laughs> yes. Um, here we meet James Wilson, who reveals the entire uh, the entire slot of movies before the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. And every single film, the first film that gets released is Alfred. Looking at you, Pennyworth, the origins of Batman's butler <laughs> coming on HBO Max for the third season. <laughs> and the next one to come out is uh, the Batmobile also gets a movie. Uh, also looking at HBO Max, for some reason, we green-lighted the Carnitos. I believe that that's what the um, thing is called. But basically, it's called Batwheels. There is a series out there now talking about Batman's different cars and automobiles and how they interact and fight crime. I, I just it's amazing it's amazing how, what they will do to avoid giving robin a movie <laughs> in like literal real life too. titans is all you get um mm. so after the utility belt movie is greenlit <laughs> robin uh is on stage and is made fun of because everyone's like why would you get a movie before the utility belt like do you even have like cool gadgets and stuff so this depresses Robin a little bit. And his friends try to cheer him up by reminding him in really dark and <laughs> a kind of dark joke that if without them, you know, Beast Boy would be in trash, Raven would be enslaving universes, Starfire would be fighting in an arena, and Cyborg would have to deal with concussions, mm. bad knees, and dancing with the stars. Mm. Wow, guys, too dark. This is a mm-hmm. PG movie. The kids are not ready for that. <laughs> And also to point out this crazy Easter egg joke, I'm, I, I I can't believe I caught it. But in the background of the movie posters is a What's Up Doc with Dr. Manhattan on the poster with bunny ears. <laughs> what a cut. What a cut, DC. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. Yes. Uh, if you're watching at home, please just pause your movie and like scan through all the movie posters because that is just like one of the best. I think... My favorite one was Jonah Rex. Um, basically, <laughs> it's just, it's like Velocipaster, but <laughs> for DC. <laughs> uh, so now that they realize that Robin needs an arch nemesis in order to become a superhero, become a hero in the eyes of all the other heroes that are here, we get an introduction to our first, uh, first scene of our villain of the film, Slain. <laughs> or Deadpool or, or Deadpool yeah <laughs> um, you know I gotta say I love this scene because it also shows that once again no matter where you go in the DC in the first Star Labs will never be safe nope <laughs> someone's always breaking in uh, so now that the Teen Titans come face to face with Slade uh, we get firsthand to see the powers that Slade has and this power of mind manipulation Um. Basically, it's just a bunch of optical illusions. <laughs> and that pencil thing. How did he figure that one out? <laughs> I do love the intensity of it. Just because it was like, I learned, what was it a poly, polymer adhesive, whatever it was called. I, they're science yeah. parents. Just, I don't know, appreciate the cartoons. <laughs> you can learn things from this. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, Slade, who I'm convinced they're calling, not because they can't use Deathstroke, but because people just associate that with Teen Titans better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of works for the movie that came later. Yeah, so it, they, he he's able to use his mind manipulation techniques to get away from the Titans, which again is another blow to Robin because 
he's not even worthy enough to be Slade's arch nemesis. So he goes home to get a get a nice night's sleep and starts launching into this Lion King parody, which is <laughs> perfect, and I have no notes. <laughs> I also love the fact that it basically modeled after the um gif or gif i don't i i, I say gif but just in case yeah i'm not trying to get canceled on the podcast because <laughs> i say it wrong um but yeah they, they basically yeeted robin <laughs> <laughs> just the rafiki goodbye Simba. um <laughs> which he wakes him up from his nightmare and then his friends trying to cheer him up by showing him a movie a home movie they video <laughs> that they had to tape over Young Justice for, <laughs> which, you know, inside joke of like Teen Titans Go at one point um, was still running while Young Justice got canceled. And again, that history has repeated itself because <laughs> once again, yeah. Teen Titans Go is lasting longer than Young Justice. So I, again, that's a great, great gag. Blinky, you'll miss it, but it's a fantastic. Damn, that cut deep, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Twice? Twice. But now that uh, Robin, he doesn't want to watch this film because he's just like, they basically, it starts off with them kind of making fun of him, you know, talking about his baby hands. Uh, so he decides that he doesn't want to watch this film. He's still upset. He's still in his field. So he's telling him that, you know, why don't you just go and talk to Jade and see if she could give you a movie? And more importantly, he needs to be uplifted out of this sour mood he's in, leading to our next song of the film, an upbeat, inspirational song about life, sung by Michael Bolton, who plays a tiger. Not since Jack Sparrow from Lonely Island has Mike Bolton appeared (laughs) in a funnier, random song. Um, And this is another one which is pretty, pretty fun, pretty, pretty nice to listen to. And has what might be the best joke of the movie where at the end of the song, they're in a car and they run over the tiger (laughs) character and they get out and they're like, is he okay? And Cyborg goes, I think his dad's a cop. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know who did that joke, but kudos because (laughs) why? So they run on over now to the movie lot where once again they're being stopped, but thankfully portals. As they make their way, they're walking through, they're seeing all the movies being done, and we get a chance to see the phenom himself, Stan Lee, um, you know, make his infamous speaking cameo where he's then told secretly that he's actually in a DC film and he quickly tries to escape. <laughs> Loyalty. so they find jade where she's currently filming a bunch of justice league uh solo films including batman versus superman part two where they once again do the martha scene (laughs) but since they have different father's names Mm -hmm. that's what breaks them up and gets them to fight (laughs) um but after that the dramatic scene airs Robin goes over to Jade to try to pitch his own movie. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in his own movie, he's fighting Tusk, I believe. Uh- <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> As he said, he wanted an adversary who's big, strong, and hairy. And I, that that describes Tusk to a T. I, I, there we go. So Tusk <laughs> is back. Um, and Robin also has a new catchphrase 
crack an egg on it. <laughs> Don't forget the caca. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh the pitch doesn't go well. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, Tusk is too. The, the mainstream media is not ready for Tusk. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. it, but it's time. And Jade points out, I would the there's so many other superheroes to go with. So Robin decides uh, if there were no other superheroes, it wouldn't be a problem. So Raven goes, should we kill them all? And he's like, no, um, but we can go back and undo their origins. Uh, this is a great plan. According to all the Teen Titans Go members, we don't normally condone time travel. You know, we, we've seen enough seasons of Flash and Legends of Tomorrow to know that this does not go well. <laughs> so as they realize that it's time for them to travel back in time, they're about to call in their time travel device, which, Andrew, is canon. Um, it was canon when they had to fight against George Washington. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> They had to figure out who was going to be the new leader of the Teen Titans, and they had to call for George Washington to throw hands against Robin. Um, His hands are bigger, so I must imagine that must have been a challenge. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately, the time machine that they had from before is too dingy, so they call forth the time cycles, which are brand new. I have never seen these before outside of this film. And they basically build up enough power because although they don't have any... Libyan terrorists to get plutonium from they realized that the 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 time cycles actually run off of rad energy <laughs> so just like uh tony hawk's pro skater when you're doing all the tricks and stuff um the air tricks or spider-man ps4 we have <laughs> oh, right, to do yeah. the air tricks <laughs> yes. to uh, you know build up momentum that's what they do here. And they also have the DeLorean Back to the Future theme playing in the background, which is a nice touch for a Back to the Future fan like myself. And they go back in time to start undoing some origin stories. First off, they stop Krypton from exploding by using dubstep on Krypton's crystals. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was uh, it was actually a catchy enough beat that it, it floats. And we also get a chance to see, this is the part where, I had to question this PG rating because we saw Super Baby's butt. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes, Super Baby does twerk in this film. Um, So if you did not like She-Hulk twerking, you I don't know, you may like this one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That could go either way. (laughs) Uh, So they save Krypton. They decide to um, steal Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. They throw a, you know, was it the, um, the... Soda can rings into the ocean and it gets caught on baby Aquaman. And the most important save of all, besides, you know, making sure that Bruce Wayne and his family doesn't go down crime alley, make sure they actually go down happy lane, was that they stopped the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from going to the ooze and then from being mutated. So savage. Mm. So savage. But um, as soon as they get back to the present, they realize... Things are too bad here. You know, Lex Luthor shaving everybody bald. Sinestro's going around messing with people. So they immediately go undo it all um, and go revert, make all the origins tragic. So they let Krypton blow up, give Wonder Woman back her lasso, save Aquaman. And I'm I'm stealing this because I know it's a meme I saw somewhere. But when Robin pushes 
uh, Batman's parents into Crime Alley. Um, I th- somebody subtitled that with the uh, DC executives every time they need some money. <laughs> And they just have him happily shoving the parents into crime alley. Um, oh my god! And a hundred percent, I think that's what we're doing. Here. Wow! Oh no! Whoever made that meme, you're you're a true hero. You're the hero that we needed and deserve. Uh, so now they head back home or back to the future. And this is when, once again, they're realizing that the only way that they can truly be seen as true heroes is if they finally get that arch nemesis just in time to get an alert that Slade is once again up to no good. So they head on over for Titans versus Slade round two. And this time they're taking it more seriously. They're trying not to be fooled by mental manipulation, um, not looking at their shirts. They're keeping it real serious. and. That does lead to a pretty decent fight scene. Um, one of my favorite little beats here is that uh, there's a point where Beast Boy takes a little bit of Cyborg's tech and he's an owl in mm. owl form and is able to like shoot lasers off of his owl back and maneuver around. I think that's pretty badass, actually. If, if Harry Potter's Hedwig <laughs> had a gat, I think the whole series would have gone a little bit differently. So I, I think I'm I'm glad this uh <laughs> team like this. Who needs who needs seven books when you just got Hedwig with a Uzi? <laughs> It'd be like that meme of like seven the it's a thick stack of books and it's like Harry Potter normally, and then it's a small book where it's Harry Potter if Hedwig had a gun. <laughs> And it was the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you know what? Yes. And I, I also really love this scene too, because it again, like, you know, it's them taking themselves seriously. But again, just like the combo stuff that was happening. Um, I think for me, my favorite thing was just uh at one point when they're actually able to steal this crystal that Slade is trying to steal, um, steal it back rather, and Raven's able to put it into the Titan's vault to keep it safe. She teleports back, and then at this moment, Slade turns around and shoots Cyborg and Beast Boy point blank, causing him to plummet to the ground. But then Robin's like, don't worry, I'm going to catch him. Y'all two, go catch Beast Boy and Cyborg. And it's just this very intense, very artistically like animated scene. Because you see like the color streams of each person as they're falling to catch the other. And it's like, it's just, to me, I just really like the scene. Um, also, the fact that you can see the budding relationship between Beast Boy and Raven as Raven's the one that catches him. But then in the next scene over, we finally see that Robin is able to finally take down Slade. He's done with that mind manipulation. Um, Slade doesn't have any more tricks except for one. Uh, he says, he mentions, you really want to arch nemesis. You got to kind of let me get away. And Robin's like, but, well, <sighs> Good point. And then <laughs> as Robin's thinking about the movie opportunities, that's when Slade does get away. <laughs> and also in this, this scene, I do love that um, at one point, Robin's using Cyborg's body as a jetpack oh, yeah. and he lets it explode. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's really messed up. And then Cyborg addresses it because he was just ahead and he comes back to his body. He's like, 
bro, what did you do to my body? (laughs) (laughs) So as the Titans are celebrating their victory, Slade remarks that he needs to split up the Titans if he has a chance of getting away with his master plan of stealing crystals um, because Raven took his crystal, put it in the Titan safe. So now um, he has his plans disrupted. So now he's aiming to try to get um, the crystal back, get at the Titans. And that's also when Robin gets a phone call from Jade. Mm hmm. Jade calls him to let him know that she wants him to head on over to the lot. Once again, the Warner Brothers lot where, as Starfire points out, this is where the Animaniacs live. They, you know, they did show the, the, um, the water tower. <laughs> and as they head on over to the lot, the, this is running joke that is in the film as well, that every single time they head over, there's the same security guard who keeps blocking them from entry. And as they head to the lot, the Guard comes up again with the line and they're like, we're ready to throw hands at you at this time. But he's just now just, he's apologetic. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it's the Teen Titans. I, I love you guys. You know, I didn't know it was you. So he immediately takes them over to where Jade is um, starting to prep for the film for the Teen Titans movie. And it's basically the set is just all crazy it's like pulled right from the from their own home they got the tower they got the couch um they see that the animals that you know are usually in the beginning of every single teen titans go episode making their way over to their places and robin is just super thrilled about this even beast boy is so thrilled like he's so thrilled to the fact that it's just everything looks so real that he was like even the toilet is real which leads into a three minute long poop joke <laughs> Yep, uh, it's a three-minute-long poop joke, guys. That's the joke. Everyone keeps using the toilet. That's all mm-hmm. it is. That, that's not. That's not. That, that isn't real. Let's point that out too. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's that's the entire joke for three minutes, and uh, you know, it was back to the usual shenanigans. But I will give them credit for the joke that follows, where Slade walks on set, and they beat the hell out of him, and it's revealed that it wasn't Slade, but actor Shia LaBeouf. And when he says to Shia LaBeouf, they go, that's even worse. And beat him more. <laughs> and if you watch the news about Shia LaBeouf in the last couple of years, you'll know that joke aged extremely well. <laughs> also, we will have to point out that no actual Shia LaBeouf was harmed in the making of this film. Unfortunately, James Taylor Anderson, or I think that's his name. Basically, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Clone Wars is the one who took all the hits. Um, so thank you for... James, sir, for doing what you needed to do to give us some enjoyment about Shia LaBeouf getting the, his butt whooped. <laughs> so they, right now, Jade is a little upset. Like, she doesn't like the fact that um, the Titans are kind of goofy still. Like, she's leaning more towards so Robin because he seems to be the one that's trying to keep everybody in line. So she says, like, let's talk separately while the rest of your team goes and do whatever they want to do. And it's really that leads into them going to some shenanigans, um, like pulling the plug on Flash's treadmill so that even though he's running at full speed, he crashes into a wall. They pop the inflatable pool that Aquaman and his dolphin are hanging around in. And they um, pretend that Lois is in danger. They pretend to be Lois Lane so they can get Superman to fly away from the craft services table. And honestly, there was so much food on that table. I would have done the same thing. 
so savage. Mm-hmm. And um, in the middle of this, they do learn something is going on. Something weird is going on. There is a doomsday device. Um, and when they discover this, they're like, the heroes are also a part of this, the major superheroes. So they <laughs> produce, mass produce some kryptonite, dump it all over Superman and kick his limp body <laughs> around. <laughs> but at this point, this is when Robin and Jade c- come in and Jade explains that Doomsday is an elaborate acronym for a streaming service that, you know, if you're tired of HBO Max and Amazon, forget it. Now you got Doomsday. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this subscription price is lower. And um, for now, it's probably like if I was doing, we'll do $14.98 for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real, real under the, the wire there. But um, she Jade's done with the Titans at this point, And she says, Robin, if you want a solo movie, I'll do it with you. But none of these other jokers. And he pretty much immediately agrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Robin's real name is Dick for a reason. Uh, <laughs> That's still a PG joke. I think that one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're still, you're still good. You're still good. <laughs> so as the rest of the Titans are leaving, um, Starfire turns around to say goodbye. And this is, she's very upset. Um, you know, she gives Robin a hug to, you know, wish him well on his journey. And Robin tries to call her back, but Jay interrupts. And this leads into all the press work that's being done for Robin's movie. He films the entire thing. He, um, you know, he's taking headshots. He's, you know, he's signing autographs and he comes across like three people who he's signing autographs for. And the last person has a picture, a hand-drawn picture of all the Teen Titans members, which causes him to hesitate a bit. This is a very like sad enough moment that we had to keep moving. So thankfully Jade came by and pushed the kid out the way, like literally pushed this kid to the ground (laughs) Uh, so that Robin can now contemplate about what's going on with why did he abandon his friends as he's preparing for the last scene of his movie. Yep. And uh, he is in front of the Teen Titans safe, trying to enter the code. And just as he's about to do it, he gets a Birdman. Uh, I know a very obscure reference, but it, <laughs> it does happen in Birdman where an actor is hit by a light. Um, it worked because he's a he's a bird. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. It's an elaborate Birdman reference. <laughs> um, so he gets hit by a light. Um, he comes to and Jade's like, "Oh, so sorry. Could you enter the combination again?" And once he finally gets it right, it's revealed that this isn't the movie set anymore. This is Titan's Tower. Robin was taken to Titan's Tower, and Jade's plan was to disorient him with the light hitting his head. Because Jade is actually Slade Wilson in a lady director mask. <laughs> yes, um, this is a shocking moment for people who didn't who didn't know Slade's full name. <laughs> uh, so now that Slade has gotten the the crystal, the, the Ditronium crystal, I believe it was called. Uh, he reveals that Doomsday is actually a mind control device. What it is is that. Um, it will stream the the now Robin movie. It'll be the first one to stream it to everybody. But embedded in the Robin movie is, you know, the his mind manipulation powers. 
And this will give Slade the opportunity to mind control every single person who watches this film. And once that, you know, to the point where he can make sure that he gets all, they could give him all the money, he can get all the glory, and they can make sure that he gets picked up at the airport at last minute calls. And he also reveals that by the time that the film is done, that the mind control will be permanent. So there's nothing that they can do to stop him. Um, I'm assuming that this is probably a short film. But as Robin is trying to figure out how to get out, this is when Slade reveals that he's actually triggered the entire Titan's Tower to blow up. And, you know, most villains will say they will leave and try to get a safe distance away so before they blow up the tower. Not Slade. Slade takes out that tower immediately. Uh, I also do have to mention that this is also a better mind control plot than the one in Justice League <laughs> Gods and Monsters. <laughs> this is less crazy than that. And it works. <laughs> you see exactly what I was saying in Justice League Gods and Monsters. Forget all the mess about trying to like incriminate somebody and all that. Just head to the tower. Just do it. Yeah, you don't even have to set yourself on fire. You could just do this. <laughs> um, so as Robin is left in the wreckage, what saves him is the fact that he's secured by his hands, but really his gloves. So by revealing his tiny baby hands, uh, he's able to slip out of his restraints and get out of the exploding tower before dying. And that's when he leaves a long emotional message for the Titans for to ask for forgiveness, but he has to stop Jade, and they just show up immediately because they were there <laughs> right next to him. <laughs> yeah, they um, you know, he was thinking because Jade had told him that they were living their best lives right now and they were unable to, you know, join in for any cameo scenes, but they were pretty close by and also revealed that they knew pretty much since Robin ditched them that Slade had to be Jade. Uh now it is time for them to once again gather themselves together as Robin yells Titans go as they head on over to the movie premiere of Robin the movie where Jade is once again prepping everybody hyping them up um, you know honestly she's like you know different different universe but she's the Kevin Feige of this film like she's hyping <laughs> everybody up and as they're about to hit play on the Robin movie this is when Cyborg, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire, Robin jump in on the scene and they stop Slade slash Jade from doing anything further when Robin reveals that Slade is Jade by using his grapple gun to pull off her lady, pull off her lady director mask. Yes. Uh, and now that he is exposed for the liar he is, movie's over because they solved it. Just kidding. All the superheroes <laughs> are already brainwashed. So now the Titans have to try to avoid all the heroes and shut off the mind control crystal. One of my favorite sequences in here um, <laughs> deals with Batman chasing them. And when his car explodes, it leads to he eventually ends up on a scooter. And then when the scooter explodes, bat skates. And when the bat skates explode, he's just on Alfred's back while Alfred is running <laughs> extremely quickly. <laughs> It's a it's a great gag. I'm pretty sure that this is this was taken right from the writing room of Dark Knight. Like after he <laughs> turned it into the into the motorcycle, they were like, "What other 
things can Batman have? Would Batman have a, a bat scooter? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that was on there. Uh, so now that's, you know, there's no stopping the Batman, um, you know, the, everything seems to be lost. But, you know, once again, portals. Uh, so Robin heads on over to stop Slade while the rest of the Titans are able to teleport the entire group of heroes into the same shadow realm where the challengers of the unknown are currently stationed. Yep. And I love that. It's just like, how do we defeat all the heroes? Portal. Portal. <laughs> so we get um, the ultimate battle of Slade versus Robin, technically Lego Batman versus Robin, mm-hmm. uh, the movie. <laughs> and they they go at it for a while. But even Robin is susceptible to the brainwashing and he gets turned evil by Slade, which, again, that's a nice deep cut Teen Titans mm-hmm. episode reference. But what is able to save them is by him watching the rest of the video that he never got to see where his friends are sweet and appreciate him for bringing them together. It's enough to snap him out just in time to fight Slade's Megazord. I I just realized something. Um, the entire Robin movie, the original one that they made, is basically the the ad for what's it called? Those like gummy bears that are like first they're sour, then they're sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, that, that's free marketing, y'all. That's yeah, free marketing. Give it, give us money to to promote that more. <laughs> but yes, uh, the Slade Megazord has called been called for. This is a huge thing. I'm actually surprised that the Titans didn't call their own Megazord. They do. Oh, well, actually, never mind. I take that back. Their Megazord would have actually been destroyed once the tower was destroyed. So I take that back. Um, but this does lead into the their last battle. They're trying to, it all seems lost. Everything's destroyed around them. And now Slade is just taunting them from his Megazord saying that, you know, what are you going to do? Like, you're all is lost. Like, the heroes are gone. You, you've you never been able to really truly defeat me before. And this is your last stand. What are you going to do? You're going to make a fart joke? Are you, are you going to throw some waffles at me? Um, and they did have the waffles ready, so I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin decides to just say, you know what? You're right. We're not like the other heroes. We're goofballs. We're jokesters. We're never going to be treated and seen at the same caliber as like a superman of batman or the challengers of the unknown uh they didn't say that part but i'm assuming that the 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 unknown guys must have something um so but he does share that the only thing that they can do is take him down the best way that they know how which is time to drop the teen titans go battle remix oh yeah It is not only is it fire, but it also works this time. <laughs> uh, special points for Robin with the larger hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> the larger hand gauntlets. His <laughs> two like twin giant infinity gauntlets. Oh. And um, they are together able to defeat uh, Slade, a.k.a. Lego Batman. And um, all the heroes are freed. And this is where Robin just gives a nice speech that is probably directed at people like me who prefer the original Teen Titans. (laughs) 
just reminding them that they're these goofballs and they don't feel bad about it. They're not ashamed about who they are and what, what the message is. Um, So that, um, that wraps it up. Oh, no, wait, Robin has something to say, right? Robin has something else to say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, just like a good South Park episode. Um, You know, we have to, we have to have the, I learned something today, but better than the South Park episode they actually stop Robin from continuing on what he has to say because everybody now is just cheering for the credits as you know they they're just at this point Robin has no say but he does end with one final line which is a request from all the kids in the audience to ask their parents where babies come from what what a card And that wraps up our film. It is a 84 long minute adventure. There is a quick after credit scene as well for actually Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. So once again, want to watch that film, make sure to do so and then head on over to our podcast episode about it. But before we give our sweet or sour rating of the 2018 Teen Titans Go to the Movies film, uh, we got to let out some air. So while we do that, I guess just <laughs> here's an ad for a podcast from the Forgotten Entertainment family that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Ferdell. And together we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. All right. Uh, So, Andrew, this is the second Teen Titans movie i quote unquote forced you to watch (laughs) (laughs) how are you feeling about it is it as sweet as a waffle being thrown at slade's face or is it more sour than the gas that is filled in balloon man (laughs) (laughs) no when you if you pop balloon man you'd find a sweet breeze this time around uh this movie much it's it's very it's funny because we have you know recently watched Super Pets, mm-hmm. and this movie kind of occupies a similar vein where it knows very much mm. who it's for, what it's talking about. Um, it it is a very affectionate um, parody of everything DC, but at the core of its message, this was the one I think this is the movie that if you need to try to get someone who does not like Teen Titans Go <laughs> to give it a chance I think this is your best shot <laughs> yeah. I think this is the best of what the show is which is combining these um, very funny pokes at the mythos but also being very genuine about um, the personalities of the characters and not compromising who they are to mm-hmm. fit the landscape it's like Teen Titans Go will be them be themselves no matter what happens to the rest of the DC universe, which is kind of in a weird way, a comfort, you know, as everything changes, the Teen Titans go will still be 
five goofballs making three minute long poop jokes for your <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> um, that's where I am. How about you? Yeah, uh, I mean, this movie is just always will be so sweet to me. Um, you know, this is a movie that if you crack an egg on it, it's going to be in a, a, it's going to be great. Um, mainly because it's again, like you were saying, it's just a a film that knows not to take itself too seriously. Like we are bogged down a lot with a lot of um you know, no shame to a lot of the live action stuff, but the live action things that people are just assuming that like, this is where we're going to get the story build up, the context, the, the narrative, the strong narratives, like the, the reason why they're making fan fiction for all this stuff for over all these years. Teen Titans Go, it's just basically fan fiction and it knows that it feels like it's fan fiction. So they're just like, we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing. And the reason why I enjoy this movie so much is because, um, you know, it brings forward a sense of the same energy that any Teen Titans Go episode would have, but there are strong elements from Teen Titans, the original series, that follow on into it. Like the, just the the desire, sometimes you like this will happen with Robin, the desire of trying to like prove himself. The, um, the, the fact of the, the camaraderie between all of them. And then it's just like you see all this play out and it's not just only, you know, you get outside the three minutes of poop jokes. There's 81 minutes of like pretty decent content and making fun. And to be honest, this I think this was one of the first animated productions to start poking fun of the absurdity of the fact that we've had so many Batman films and the fact that we've seen Batman's parents been killed so many times. At this point, they were just like, forget it. We're just going to kill them. We're just, I mean, well, <laughs> unalive though. <laughs> so... I do appreciate the fact that they made this film because of the fact that it's just like, you know, it started off with just like, we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing. But this, this, from this film, it was just like, we understand that we have work to do, um, not only to try to give ourselves some street cred as a top DC production, but also like try to make sure that we create a movie um that kids are going to enjoy but their parents are going to enjoy just as well because then it's like you know 52 million um pretty sure a movie ticket nowadays is like 20 bucks depending on where you go or you know if you mm -hmm. you know let's get a matinee or you've got a you know amc pass hashtag not sponsored uh <laughs> but yeah it's like you're gotta make sure that um the parents and the kids have fun and this movie made sure that because of the deep cuts because of the gags the um all the funny things that you don't even need to be a comic book fan to truly appreciate all the funny things and by the math at least 2.6 million tickets were sold um wow so either uh my co-host has seen it a hundred times or <laughs> Yes, a lot of people like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely bought three tickets on the first first opening weekend. <laughs> all right. So, um, you know, I can dive into all this comic book knowledge about it, but it's Teen Titans Go. So, you know, it's never going to be <laughs> any. <laughs> all the comic book knowledge exists literally in this film. Um, you get like a great chance to see all these like nods and Easter eggs, like how Jarrell. Um, well, while they were on Krypton, looks like Marlon Brando, who actually played Superman. Oh, not Superman, sorry, but Jor-El in the original movies. 
And then also just the crystals that, you know, that whole thing that was in there. Um, you know, it's just like all these little Easter eggs that you're going to find that are going to, again, it's too much comic book knowledge to just share in one film. But I do appreciate that we finally got a chance to see Death uh, Slade. <laughs> Let me gotta keep remembering this is PG. Just it's innocent. <laughs> yeah, so gotta appreciate though that um Slade has actually made his appearance in the uh Teen Titans Go universe because actually for a while we were only dealing with his daughter, um Rose. So it's kind of cool to finally see that all the stuff that we were seeing in the original Teen Titans series is now finally making its way into um teen titans go especially here for this movie which actually takes place after season five so um if you are looking to see what happens next they're actually follow it up with an episode in which they talk about how they're going to rebuild the tower after everything fell apart in the end battle (laughs) so it's all canon yes it is definitely all canon (laughs) it's a tighter canon than the arrowverse But John Diggle, we have no idea where you are, man. <laughs> use, use unknown now at this point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is the, at least I'm assuming, this might be the last Teen Titans Go film we'll cover on this podcast for the foreseeable future. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it gets any better than this. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to subject you to uh, Night Begins to Shine or Superhero Summer Camp or uh, the one that came out recently, the crossover movie that was with um, the DC Superhero Girls Multiverse of Mayhem, I think. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a Space Jam Teen Titans go? Oh, yeah. There's also a Space Jam where they basically watch Space Jam and then deal with the aliens again from Space Jam. Yeah, we're done here. Next Teen Titans movie is Trouble in Tokyo. You heard it here first. (laughs) That's it. We're done. (laughs) Well, before we find ourselves in Tokyo for that next one, um, we have to head on over to the last film that we will cover for 2019. Like, we we did it. Every. Every every DC film. (laughs) Every DC film from 2019. We did it. (laughs) That will be Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for this one because it's actually bringing in some knowledge from a obscure TV series for me. Um, so definitely going to talk about those characters when we do. But until next time, take care of yourselves and remember, uh, kids, do it now. Go ask your parents where babies come from. Yes, and if you're fighting a balloon guy that is resistant to bullets, uh, good luck. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do. Use the use the porcupine thing. <laughs> it didn't work. 